I think above everything that I bring is an open mind, right? Yeah. And I do want to touch on something that you said that was interesting because I was reflecting on this before our conversation. So when I started um, in 2008, my global HR career, mm-hmm. um, I, was, I was working mostly Latin because as you mentioned, I'm from Dominican Republic and so there's a, a language advantage, yeah. right? And I was quite unique to be working in Buenos Aires. Um, we had an office in Uruguay. I was, my, my HR background at that time was unique, right? Yeah. So now fast forward, you know, it's been uh, way over a decade. It's been about 15 years in, in, in the global HR space. I'm not as unique, thankfully so, right? As I used to be, because I think you're, you, you hit the nail in the head when you said, we're all, especially now with remote working, we're all in global HR spaces. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. One of the things that I love the most about the conversations that we have in the podcast is when I have the privilege and the good fortune to talk and chat with people who have worked in different countries who have worked with global communities because they bring all this incredible wealth of cultures and ideas and how people in different countries sort of operate and see the work of HR and how their workplaces actually work. So this is truly fascinating and it is inspiring too because well, in a more, in an interconnected globalized world, we, all of us, I don't think there's anybody in the world who doesn't work anymore across cultures. So it's a great opportunity for us to learn and get better working across cultures, across countries, across regions, generations, and whatnot. And today, we're going to talk with somebody who is a real global citizen, working from the Dominican Republic, the US, the UK, Spain, Kenya, all over the place. Merari, Mm -hmm. welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for the warm welcome. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, and um, it's it's great to have you in the show. And let me ask you this this question to to begin with: When you've worked in so many places, what when you go from one place to the next place, what do you bring from your previous experience besides work? From culturally speaking, what do you bring to a, every experience that you have coming from you know all these other regions that you've worked for or you worked in? That's a, that's a wonderful question. I bring everything. And I know that's probably not the, the answer, but the thing is, I think above everything that I bring is an open mind, right? Yeah. And I do want to touch on something that you said that was interesting because I was reflecting on this before our conversation. So when I started um, in 2008, my global HR career, mm-hmm. um, I was, I was working mostly Latin because as you mentioned, I'm from Dominican Republic and so there's a, a language advantage, right? And I was quite unique to be working in Buenos Aires. Um, we had an office in Uruguay. I was, my, my HR background at that time was unique, right? Yeah. So now fast forward, you know, it's been uh, way over a decade. It's been about 15 years in, in, in the global HR space. Um, and 18 years total. But the, the point is, I'm not as unique, thankfully so, right, as I used to be. Because I think you're, you, you hit the nail in the head when you said, 
we're all, especially now with remote working, we're all in global HR spaces. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to acknowledge that your, your statement makes me, um, puts me in a space where it's less unique, less lonely. There's a lot more thought sharing around like global practices. And so to answer your question on what I bring from one place to another, I would say an open mind and, and I think, um, you know, personally, right. Um, you don't lose, like, you know, you, it's, it's like traveling period, right. Where, where you go to a place and maybe you learn, like, I'll give you a small thing. When I went to Rome years and years ago, um, the first time I went and it wasn't, had nothing to do with work. Um, I ordered a coffee to go. And, and this guy was like, but where are you going? And I was like, I'm a New Yorker, right? Like put the coffee in a to-go cup and then I go. And he's like, I can find a cup for you, but I'm not going to find a lid. Right. And there's obviously like a language barrier, but he's like, if you just drink your coffee here, it would be better for the both of us. And in the time that you're talking, you can have this coffee in the time that I'm looking for a to-go container. And I realized in that conversation that, you know, it's a very New York thing to, or American thing to have coffee to go like Starbucks or whatever. And when you're sitting in Rome, the coffee experience is a completely different thing, right? It's, it's, this place was like a small hole in the wall, but you're supposed to sit there and have that coffee there. And that habit or, or sorry, that experience, right. Changed the way that I even drank coffee in New York. Whereas if I'm meeting someone with a coffee, I'm way, well, A, I'm clumsy. So it's good (laughs) that I shouldn't be taking coffee with me anywhere, but um, B, that small little interaction in, in Rome, which is what I mean, I bring everything, led me to realize the importance of taking a pause. Yeah. And so if I'm meeting you somewhere for coffee, I'm like, let's take 10, 15 minutes and enjoy it here. Yeah. And that sounds really simple, but it translates to, to everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so when I look at the places where I've practiced human resources, which, you know, like we talked about, Buenos Aires, Nairobi, Barcelona, um, Lagos, Nigeria. Now I'm in London. We have uh, a small presence in Paris and so forth. There are pieces from all of the different cultures, um, both structurally at work, yeah. but also socially that are, that stay with me. So like yeah. um, in Paris, the office that I had in Paris about two jobs ago, the, the custom for lunch is that you go to these places and they have these set menus. Whereas like in a place like London or New York city, the world's your oyster. So you don't have a set menu when you sit yeah. normally for lunch, you can pick a la carte things. And that changes the dynamic on how coworkers interact with yeah. each other, the community that they build together. Yeah. So to that point, I bring everything. <laughs> well, you know, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, you're talking about, the nuances of of going across, you know, traveling and and understanding those cultures, but the reality is that in the workplace is the same thing, you know. Let me, I, and I want to give you one example of this, which has happened to me a lot recently. Uh, I, you know, I, I was born in Venezuela. We don't have time zones in Venezuela. It's just one time zone. And mm-hmm. in countries that are so big, like the U.S., you have you know three time zones, or in other countries you have even more. And to me when I started being here, the, the thought of having people that were in different time zones was just, you know, kind of like crazy for me. 
And now I understand people who ask me all the time, hey, when is this event going to happen? Because you're saying right. 9 a.m., but it's 9 a.m., but it's not happening. So even those tiny things, they matter because they are, at the end of the day, and, you know, sort of your, the way you are including others and the nuances of their behaviors and their cultures and, and whatnot in the work that you're trying to do. So I think this is very, uh, this is very powerful. Uh, one thing that happens, and, and I want to ask you about this, uh, a lot of people are, uh, I don't want to say afraid, but hesitant, you know, to cross the bridge, uh, you know, to go to sort of someone else from a different culture. There's always some level of fear of, you know, what's acceptable, what is not, you know, it's like, can I ask the coffee to go or should I just stay there for the coffee? What would you recommend people that are trying to cross the beach, but the bridge, but have a little bit of a hesitancy, you know, in, 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 in that uh, sort of thinking process, if you will? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great question. By the way, in the world of everything global, the number one thing that I think is I, I look at a lot of HR technology and I'm driven by a lot of technological solutions that make my global life easier. The one thing I think nobody has been able to solve, Microsoft Nobody, is uh, alignment in time zone. It has to be easier. <laughs> there has to be somebody, if, if there's somebody out there listening who makes HR technology, please work on that. I, I, I think is with distributed workforces is becoming more and more critical. Um, as it relates to people's hesitancies, so I'll answer that both for, for, um, from two perspectives, right? Um, I think when, when HR people are interviewing and um, they're meeting with senior leaders, and I've had this, I had this experience um, when I was interviewing with Andela because I, I, was, I had um, some experience in Africa, but the populations at Andela were very large. It was like, over 500 people in Kenya, over like 700 people, or, or sorry, I'm misquoting the headcounts, but the point is there were large populations in Lagos and in Kenya in particular at that time. And the people that were interviewing me, the CEO and so forth, they were like, well, how, how are you as an American? Because you are, even though you're Latin, but like you're, you're, you're American raised, right? How are you going to translate into these cultures? Like, what are you afraid of? Like, what, what, how are you going to um, manage people in your HR team that have never been managed by someone who probably um, has your perspective, right? Um, and so that, that's always in the back of my mind. And that's happened with, with other jobs opportunities. I think when, when you're looking at, you know, US to, to Europe, it's a little bit different, but when you're yeah. going into Latin America and when you're yeah. going into um, other spaces, um, there's always a little bit of that hesitation of, yeah. of getting it wrong, yeah. right? Like if I say the wrong thing, if I do the wrong thing, but, the, but at core, to answer your question, that hesitancy that you may have as a candidate or as someone, maybe you're not a candidate, maybe your company's just expanding and, and, and you're going to now inherit a group of people either through merger or an expansion in another space. Um, I think the core principles of being a good listener, being empathetic and always, um, and I think this is probably what I do well in, in reflection is understanding what people are trying to solve for. 
So if you're going into, and this is from like a workforce planning structural place, if you're going into an office, let's go with the example of an expansion, and they're doing something either culturally or operationally that is quite different from the way that you're doing, you can never make the assumption that the way that you're doing it is more efficient. Yeah. The way that you're doing it just happens to work with the experiences that you've had. Yeah. And so there's always a learning opportunity to sort out like, oh, this is why you run your town halls in this particular way in Lagos. Oh, okay. There's a lot, what I've noticed, I'll give you a, a real example, but with, um, with a lot of my, in the past with a lot of my African uh, offices or, and they're all culturally really different. So I'm not painting a brush across all of Africa, no. but the town halls um, were designed with a lot of verbal praise. Like, you know, this person has done a really great job on this particular project. Can everybody please acknowledge this person and, and so forth. And it felt more celebratory. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, if, if you look at the, the spaces in the New York office and even where I work now, there isn't that celebratory aspect because it's not a good use of time. It's a space where you give more information than you do praise, right? Yeah. And so coming into it with the mindset of one space is not doing it better than the other, right? Yeah. They're doing what works for them. Yeah. Understanding that efficiency should not be through the lens of, um, you know, American centric views, right? Yeah. And, and understanding what people are trying to solve for. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I know this is a short conversation, but the other thing that to add a layer to that, which is relevant for like New York and, and London, for example, are very different. Where my larger populations where I work now are in New York and London, is uh, there's an aspect of HR employment laws really affect how cultures are driven in terms yeah. of people management. And so the joke, for example, which I'm sure you've seen this joke before where I just saw like a meme and I thought it was the funniest thing where the out of office for a New Yorker was, yeah. I'm getting a kidney, but please leave me a message, call me, I should be out of surgery at this time. And then the European out of office is like, I'm gone for the whole month of August and September yeah. and you will never reach me. So don't even try. Right. Yeah. But that, that tells you that those jokes or, or those cultural pieces are informed by how the employment laws are set yeah. in those places, because yeah. in America is at will, right? Yeah. You, you, you work, you earn, you can get fired <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. Some of those laws are changing, but you know, you, you get my point. Whereas like, um, here in Europe, it's a little bit more employee friendly. So people are taking their time off and you have yeah. to respect that. Yeah. So, so with, to sum it all up, right. There's, there's the layer of practicing empathy and listening, realizing that whatever you view you may have, whether it's Eurocentric or American centric or Africa centric is not necessarily the right thing that you're going to learn from all of the things. Yeah. And you have to respect that not only are there cultural differences, but there are employment laws that make people different, just the way yeah. that they work and their styles are different. And that when you're solving for efficiency, that isn't through one lens. Yeah. Does, yeah. does that it's, make that, sense? That, that totally makes sense. And, and uh, actually, as you, as you explained this, I, I was reflecting about uh, 
you know, in, in the U.S., for example, you know, when somebody goes to training uh, or a development program or whatever it is, they go during the weekdays. In Latin America, people usually go on a Saturday, which is unthinkable to do in the U.S., but in Latin America, it's totally normal, you know, and people like that. Well, I, I don't know if everybody likes it, but it's, it's a normal practice. So even in those small things, you got to operate uh, very differently. As we get closer to sort of wrapping up our conversation, I just want to ask you one, one more question. If there, were, if there were a couple of sort of skills or competences that you would tell HR leaders to cultivate, to become more open-minded, you know, uh, based on all that you've said before, what would those one or two skills be? You know, what, what, what are the things that you would like them to, to cultivate in order to be, well, you know, again, more open-minded to all these cultural differences and nuances? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. And I, and I think uh, to a degree, uh, I can tell you what works for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, think, um, I think in general, one of the things that as HR people, we, we have a hard time doing because we're just so busy is, is practicing a lot of what we preach, right? And yeah. so oftentimes you have either um, someone in, in, in the C-suite who needs this, um, specialized coaching in becoming, you know, um, a, a more empathetic leader and so forth. To the extent that you have time, um, consume and enjoy some of the things that you provide for other yeah. leaders. And so recently um, we're doing a, a, a leadership development program for, for at my company for first time managers and new transitional managers. And I've been a manager for, for, for two decades at this point. So I'm not a new manager, right? Yeah. But um, in the interest of, um, of learning more and, and, and wanting to see if there are resources and tools out there that may benefit me in some way, shape or form, I've decided to join, right? And so yeah, one, yeah. one of the recent sessions was like recognizing burnout from, from a distance, which is relevant by the way, with when you're a global HR leader, because you're talking yeah. to people yeah. on, on video and, and recognizing burnout isn't something that, you know, you have to do in person all the time, but taking advantage of those kinds of resources that exist would probably be my number one piece of advice and in terms of remaining open and, and yeah. agile. And then um, I don't want to start like quoting <laughs> different authors and, and books, but um, what I'll do is I'll say, I'll, I'll, there, there are a couple of thought leaders in, in this space that I definitely you know, respect in terms of making sure that you're, you're a better listener, right? Um, and yeah, I, I would say that in terms of becoming, re remaining open-minded and, yeah. and, and being a better listener. And I think the other thing I would say, and this is probably, and this is going to, you know, especially when you're, when you're part of a bigger organization or when you're the person globally leading HR, the number one thing you can do is trust your local de uh, deputies and learn from them. Yeah. And so rather than like, oh, you know, you're having, you know, if you, if you have a regional, if you've set up a regional HR office in each of your locations, or in some cases, depending again, how small you are, how big you are, you may have office managers in those spaces, but you need to spend time with them, not understanding, not having meetings of what have you done this week, 
but what is going on? So when there's a riot um, in a particular city, how are your people feeling about this? What are they doing? Tell me what's going on in your local news. When you turn on your phone, how are people responding to anything, right? And so like talking to, like even, you know, being an American in London, I've been here going on my fourth year now, right? And so when everything was going on with like Black Lives Matter, I need to know from my people on the ground, this is the topic that's going on at work. Like, how are people feeling about this? I have my own personal feelings, but I'm I'm distant. I'm not there, right? And so I would say above reading and, and, and taking the resources that you see that are available for your organization and for your senior leaders that do apply to you as well, um, I would say the number one thing is making sure that you have a very open and trusting yeah. relationship with your local deputies. And if you don't have, um, you may have, like I had really small offices in like Uganda, for example, right? So you may not have like an HR purse leader there, but you do have a culture carrier there. So spending time yeah. at least once a month with that person so that they can, un- they can fill you in on yeah. what's yeah. going on on the ground. Yeah. what's important to people in and out of work. It, it, absolutely. It is, it, that's go, going back, you know, and tying it back, closing the circle here with a cultural understanding that we, you know, started the conversation with. I mean, um, so thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing all these insights with the community. Wonderful conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. Thank and you. Um, yeah, this is a subject I, I love. And um, so whenever you want to talk about it, let me know. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody. Stay to become a more global HR leader. And of course, you know, first of all, become more of a global citizen. Thank you so much, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.